I've been practicing this all day. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I thought I was afraid I'd say good morning. We welcome you to the Sidman Methodist Church for the uh, Sidman. I'm not in Sidman. No. I'm sorry. The Dun that's where I usually go first thing in the morning. The Dunlow Methodist Church. If you're at the Sidman Methodist Church, you're at the wrong place. Uh, we welcome you to the Dunlow Methodist Church here for the uh, Forest Hills Ministerium uh, Thanksgiving service. And we'll start with being in an attitude of prayer as we have the lighting of the candles. Our opening hymn is a traditional Thanksgiving hymn, We Gather Together. We can find it on page 131 in our hymnals, and would we please stand?
silence. <laughs> Nobody has a favorite hymn. Oh, what was that? What number? Oh, you don't know the number? What's the name? What are you looking for? You don't know. 451. 21? 451. 451. 451. 451. If the orchestra knows it. 451. Be thou my vision. Yes. We can stay seated.
Good afternoon, church. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. I'm Marty Plummer, and I am the lay servant for Sidman Mile Church, and I will be doing the devotion today. I will be reading from the book of John, chapter 10. Jesus is telling of a parable about the good shepherd and the thief. Before we get started, I would like to read John 3.17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Uh, if you would stand, I'm going to read from John uh, 10, verses 7 to 10. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. You may be seated. As I read John 10, 10, I wonder what Jesus meant, life more abundantly. My wife and I are retired. Through our married life, we must have did something right. We have a little nest egg. We are not rich by far. But we are doing okay. We have been traveling some and, and we see the beauty of our father's world. But I was wondering, should we be doing this or should we be giving more to the widows and orphans as it says in James chapter 1 verse 27. Pure religion before the father is to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. My wife and I were eating supper one evening, and she said to me, I want to go to nursing school. I said, okay, but I was wondering, here we go again. She has been to a couple of schools through the years, and they didn't work out. She enrolled into the nursing school. As she took the classes, they were hard. She was 40 years old. Some days she would come home crying. But she stayed at it, and she became a nurse. After graduation, she got a job at Wimber Hospital. She would go to work, and they would assign maybe five or six patients per shift, maybe more, and she would come home exhausted. She did that for 15 years. She came to me one day and said, I'm going to quit the hospital and go to work for a doctor in an office as a nurse. And she did. In my mind, all I could think of was going from a good pay to a mediocre pay. She worked for that office for five years. She's met a lot of people through the years, through those five years. It was more personal with them. After she retired, we would be in a store and someone would walk up to her and a big smile on her face, and she would have a big smile on her face. 
And they would say, when are you going to come back and be my nurse? And they would look at me and say, she was my nurse and I loved her. And they would start to talk, her and that person. And I would head for the hardware department. She's good for 20 minutes or more. What I'm, what I'm saying is that at the end of her career, she had a reward in life. After I retired, I walked through Jesus' door into the sheepfold. And he came into my heart. And now I have a reward in life. So I wonder, what is an abundant life? I did some research, and as I came, I came across this article that I think will help explain why. In John 10, 8, Jesus says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers. And those thieves and robbers might say the right words, but their actions not all truistic. So I wonder what's that word truistic meant? That's putting the good of others ahead of one's own interests, unselfish. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. They don't care for the sheep. I believe when Jesus was doing this parable, that he was talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, because he was not pleased with them in Mark 23. Jesus tells us why they don't care for the flock in John 10, 12. Because they are hired hands, and they do not own the sheep. So not only do, do these thieves cause harm to the sheep, they also fail to protect them. When danger comes, they run. Mark Moore has written some stuff about it, and Mark Moore says, These are mercenary clergy who feed off the fat of the flock. When danger or opposition presents itself, they move on to greener pastures. They are so unlike the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep and calls us to the same commitment. These impostors are selfish and their actions are destructive. They care only about themselves and will still kill and destroy whenever it suits them. The meaning of John 10.10 10 is a warning about the motives of such people. I believe this is what happened at the United Methodist Conference. I was going to the conference for probably 10 or 11 years now. And every year, it got worse. They were saying stuff that I didn't read in the Bible and I couldn't understand. But that's for another message. Now comes a contrast. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give life. The thieves are only concerned with themselves. But the good shepherd is concerned with his flock. Throughout John 10, Jesus uses imagery of what the good shepherd does for his sheep. He protects, provides green pastures, rescues, and lays down his life. That's quite the contrast. Jesus goes out of his way for his sheep, or the false shepherd runs away. This is a beautiful picture Jesus is painting in this passage. It is one of an intimate relationship in which we see Jesus' incredible love and care for his flock, us. But Jesus didn't come to give us life, but life to the fullest and an abundant life, the best quality life. Jesus isn't a good shepherd just because he came to gain sheep, but because he enables his sheep to flourish, find enjoyment, and experience his goodness. Jesus wants you 
to have an abundant life. And that life starts now. Jesus didn't promise an easy life on earth, but what he did promise was peace and joy in the midst of whatever we are facing. And we have the promise of eternity. Eternity is not grand because it's long, it's because it's rich. John 10, 10 is an incredible promise for us to hold on to. And also it should cause us to ask the question, what voice are, you, are we listening to? For a lot of voices around you, each of them are telling you something you need to be happy or content about. Only one of those voices has the best interest in your mind. In mind. I see a lot of Christians who profess Jesus as their Savior, but listen to and follow whatever voices tell them. While the world's voices might sound good, they don't lead to the full life, to the abundant life. Rather, they will leave us wanting more. Like drinking salt water, it provides a moment of satisfaction, but ends up leaving us more and more thirsty. The imposter voice don't have our best interests in mind. They're selfish and all ultimate goal is in their own game. So whose voice are you listening to? The good shepherd who came to bring you life to the fullest or the thief who will steal, kill, and destroy to get what they want? A satisfied and rewarding life to me is an abundant life. So, my friends, this is my, this is what Thanksgiving is, is about, giving thanks to Jesus for an abundant life. Thank you. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the beautiful day today. But Father, any day with you in our hearts is a beautiful day. So we thank you for all that you do. And Lord, if I have bring any shame to this pulpit or insulted anybody, please forgive me. I don't want them to know how oh, I love you and your son, Jesus. So Lord, watch over us as we go through this day. Keep us safe. Keep us going in the right direction. And we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you in your holy name. Amen. 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 free to go ahead. Yes. Within our community, we lost one of our dear hearts. Her name was Corrine, and she passed away. And I have to say, she's one of Earth's angels and one of the sweetest ladies you'd ever want to meet. So let's pray for her family as they go through the grieving process. We will certainly do that. Her name was Corrine Onder. Under? Yes. In our church, we prayed for uh, her family this morning. I didn't, yes. I didn't recognize who said the last name. Okay. Anybody else? 
Turgeon. Traveling mercies for all those traveling this holiday season. Our hunters that are hunting in the woods. Blessing of the beautiful weather we've been having. I don't know if it's because time just flies or if it's because the weather's been pretty nice. Just a few days ago, because we, our church at, uh, at First Church in South Fork, we have a combined Thanksgiving Eve service. In fact, you're all invited to that. It'll be at First Church this year, but it alternates between Wesley and us. And my secretary said to me, she said, Pastor, she said, do you have any information for the bulletin for the Thanksgiving Eve service? And my first thought was, um, that's about four weeks away. <laughs> and then it hit me, and I said, uh, Michelle, I said, Thanksgiving's next week, isn't it? And she said, yeah. And I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? I don't know if it's because of the weather that has been so nice or if it's because time flies, but it's hard to believe um, Thanksgiving in just a few days. And I've seen snow on Thanksgiving, and, and that's before I moved up into north of you know, up, up into the North Pole that I live now compared to where I used to live. And we used to have snow on Thanksgiving, but um, it's hard to believe. But you're right, good weather. Somebody else, anybody else? Okay, we're going to look to the word in prayer. You know, this one thing, I was, I was reading this a few days ago, and it really struck me because, you know, whether it's the Lord's Prayer, whether it's blessing the food before you eat, Praying on Sundays, all of us have prayed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But I was reading, and it really struck me what this said. It said, if we were aware of what happens when we pray, we would pray more often. I mean, can you imagine what happens in heaven around the throne of God when even one Christian prays? Because we take it as just, a, you know, we bow our heads, bless the food, amen. And it doesn't sometimes mean very much to us. But it means a lot spiritually. And so as we pray today, and as I'll be leading this, but as we pray together, as we do this, God will move in ways beyond what we could ever understand. And I believe there's a time coming when we get to heaven, when we realize what our prayers accomplished. I'm sure we all wish we would have prayed a whole lot more. Let's bow our heads. Almighty God, we love you. But as much as we love you, and we do, as much as we love you, your love for us is infinitely more. Father, we thank you for loving us. Because when I look at myself, when I see myself in the mirror, when I take a good glance at myself, there's not a whole lot there that I think that's worth loving. But Father, you loved me, you, love each, you loved each of us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross, to take the blame for the sins that I have committed, for the shameful things that I would just like to forget about. But yet, in your mind, they've been forgotten and forgiven because 
I've trusted in your son, not because of what I've done, but because of what he did on Calvary. So, Father, we thank you for your great love and mercy and forgiveness toward us. As we are here on this service where those of us from numerous churches in the Forest Hills area, we are here. Father, we are here specifically today to thank you for who you are, for what you've done, for what you're doing, for how you've watched over us this year. For many of us, this year has been a hard time. But Father, you are good, far better than we imagine. And Father, we thank you for what you've done and, and for what you are doing in each one of us. Father, this morning, we thank you for these praises, whether it's the weather or all of those things that are on our heart that we thank you for. We thank and praise you. But also, Father, we ask you to touch in these areas. We pray for the Onder family as they are in grief. We pray for the Turgeon family, Father. We pray for those who will be traveling over this Thanksgiving holiday. And Father, we pray that you'll protect the hunters as they're out in the woods. Dear Lord, I pray for this service today. May it truly be a time where we lift up our praise and thanksgiving to you. And Father, I pray for each one of our churches that you would bless us. And so not only that would each one of our churches individually grow, but Father, that, but that we would have a major impact spiritually upon the Forest Hills area. Father, we love you. And this afternoon, we pray together that prayer that you first taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Camacho Staines. He, uh, he had a youth group today meeting, uh, an event. What it was, I don't know. But uh, he said if he was going to be here, he'd be here late. And it's late. And he's, he's not here yet. So I'm filling in, filling in for him. Being the host, I have to fill in for him. And I want to thank all the people. We were just talking about this this morning. But we were talking about it in the, in the talents, meaning money. But it can also be applied to talent, the ability that we all that we all have. And we want to thank all the pastors and the choir and everybody who's participated in the service today, sharing some of their talents with the people who are who are here. So, the business at hand, uh, the offertory taken today is for the Forest Hills Ministerium. That's who's sponsoring this event. We we donate money to. Oh, maybe 10, 12 uh, different organizations throughout the Forest Hills Ministerium to help uh, with the running of their, uh, of their programs. The only one I can remember, because I left my list at home, was uh, a Bible to School. Is that what it's called? Yes. Bible to School. And Randy's Know Some More. I think. Hey, no, I, I, I'm sorry, Daryl. Yeah, not Randy. That's Randy back there. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, yeah, we, we uh, donate to Bible School. Uh, we, we took um, Faith Baptist Church. That's the uh, church that uh, burned down in Prospect area uh, a few about a month or so ago. Uh, both UPJ Ministries, uh, Cambria City Missions, the uh, two food pantries we have up here, South Fork and Salix. Um, Helping Hands is a, is a big one up in Bench Creek above 40. Um, if you can think of another one, Randy, chime in. Uh, there's several that uh, I know I'm probably missing a couple. But we, uh, we, we, have, we, we donate to, to about anywhere between eight and ten uh, organizations. So we do. Yeah. So that's what the funds that will be collected from today will be used for, is to help the Forest Hills Ministerium, which is made up of all the churches in the Forest Hills School District. But the only ones who show up to the meetings are the Methodists. <laughs> and we have one independent. We, we have one independent, yes. And Pastor we have Dawn. One Baptist too. And we had one Baptist who's retired. Uh, he was the Baptist at the church over here by Dollar General, which has been, has been closed down. And other than that, it's, it's uh, the Methodists. Four or five of uh, Methodists will, uh, will meet together once a, uh, once, once a month. Uh, so, would our ushers please come forward for the presentations of God's tithes, our gifts, and offerings. Well, our work to do on that side. You get up in the end, it's crazy. He's poor.
Almighty and forgiving God, we, your unworthy servants, give you most humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of the life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and for the hope of glory, give us such an awareness of your mercies that our hearts may be thankful and that we may show forth your praise not only with our lips but in our lives by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all the days through Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray all of this, dear Lord, to Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. Amen. Please be seated. And now for the main act of the day. Well, I kind of the privilege to be here. I've actually driven by the church before. I, never, I think it's the first time I've been in here. Uh, and uh, I think when I came before, I came from Sidman, Beaverdale area. You can get there from here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From there. Yeah, but my GPS brought me over the hill, so it's a different way, but it's quicker. But uh, I'm Randy Bain. I'm a pastor at Oakland Church in Johnstown, and, and I've, uh, I'm, uh, well, and also, yeah, presiding over Johnstown Circuit, which is a new, new endeavor, and I've been blessed to do that. Uh, I'm going to just uh, read Psalm 100. Probably one of the most more familiar but popular songs, especially when we talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, it's only five verses long, and uh, you can follow along. I will kind of be there. I'll jump around in, in that song uh, for this time. Hear the word of God from Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you for this, your holy word. Uh, Lord, hide me behind the cross that you would speak and give us hearts to hear. And Lord, just stir within us a grateful heart. Not just for this season, but forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I read an article one time. About, I, I'm a great uh, devo devoted reader of Oswald Chambers. My utmost for his highest. Uh, about every other sermon, I have a big quote from him. But uh, he is, uh, yeah, kind of a holiness. Uh, he, he lived back in the early 1900s, died during World War I. Uh, and he was a, a holiness writer. Uh, he was kind of a transition between the holiness movement and the Pentecostal movement. It's 
kind of funny if you read Oswald Chambers and you're a Pentecostal charismatic, you think he's writing to you. If you read Oswald Chambers and you're a holiness person, an old Methodist, you think he's writing to you. But he's kind of like hard to tell. He's kind of right in the middle. But uh, he wrote one time and said that only a true, you can only, a true friend can rejoice with you. Uh, and I, and I kind of bothered me and I kept processing that. And I think, I think he really has something. I mean, you can be with someone and they can pour out their heart about all the troubles they're having and you can be sympathetic and you can kind of show your care. But when someone shares something really good happened to them, it's kind of hard for us just to get on board and celebrate with them. I don't know if we're sometimes jealous or sometimes we're thinking they're bragging or, or especially in the ministry. When I first went in the ministry, I was appointed, well, out of seminary. I was in the ministry before seminary. But I was appointed to Rockwood down in Somerset County. And interesting thing, all the, all the district meetings were held at a little church and called Paradise, which is near Mount Pleasant. And so what happened, uh, the, uh, Dwayne Slade was the director of Camp Allegheny. He would bring the Camp Allegheny van, stop in Somerset, we would pile in with all the ministers from Somerset, and then drive over the mountain to Paradise to the meetings. Talk about griping, complaining, <laughs> whining, and bragging. That's, I mean, after about like a 40 minute drive of that, every meeting, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I quit riding with him. I said, oh, I'm, I've got other stuff to do. I'm going to have to go. I'm going a different direction. I mean, I made up any reason I could to not ride with them in the van. I mean, I, I was like, I just can't take this. Uh, and, and so sometimes they were celebrating stuff that they were doing in their church. But yet, then you got this feeling of jealousy, you know, and, and it, it, was, it was just hard. So, so I realized that when I, I have a handful of pastors, friends that I can talk to, and, and some of them, if they tell me something good's happening in church, I can get behind them, I can celebrate with them, I can be so glad for them, but I really think it takes a true friend to be able to celebrate and rejoice with you. We ought to be able to do that as Christians. But I'm just being real. We struggle with that. We struggle. Because, you know, like, it's hard to tell if someone's just bragging or they're telling the truth. You wonder even that, you know, are they telling the truth? Well, when we read this psalm, Psalm 100, I think it gives us three different levels of gratitude. There are three different ways we can be grateful. And, and the first one would be uh, just we should be able to give thanksgiving and praise to God. That ought to be a part of our worship. A second way is that we can be gratitude really as a kind of like an automatic reflex or a posture in life so we're just grateful people and then thirdly uh we ought to be gratitude have gratitude as a response to others so i want to go through those in reverse order so i want to start about being grateful as a re of response to others and particularly in response to god so first 4b says give thanks to him and bless his name now it didn't say necessarily as a worship it just says give thanks to him and bless his name now, as I said, this is probably one of the most beautiful psalms. One of them I think about Thanksgiving, and these five verses just give a quick summary of that. But uh, verse 4 describes entering into the place of corporate worship uh, with thanksgiving and praise. And it ends by saying this, that phrase, verse B, or the second half of verse 4, give thanks to him and bless his name. It, it should permeate our worship service, but every believer ought to be able to thank God for specific things. For, for like care or provision or family or health or salvation. Now Randy tried to get you all to 
share praises. And, and I know it's a little awkward. I mean, it's just, we don't always do that. Uh, one time, uh, I, I think it was Pastor Terry Tekel, who's a kind of a minister of prayer in Texas, he said about who can count all the blessings of the Lord? And the answer is, if anybody writes them down, if you write them down, and, and I remember when I was pastoring at uh, Milford Church in Rockwood, in, in Rockwood, in Somerset County, we, we had a we started a prayer room and we had a weekly weekly monthly oh it had to be monthly <laughs> a monthly because I remember it was a lot of work a monthly prayer twenty four hour prayer vigil mm -hmm. and we had we had a, a, a praise book there and we had people sign up for twenty four hours you would go in and there would be a, a stack of cards of prayer requests and there would be a marker in it. And when you went in, you started praying after the marker and went as far as you could and put the marker in. Next person comes in, they started there, and you might go over that, you know, 10 times during 24 hours. But then, then you had a moment in your prayer time, you had a book that you would write answers to prayer. And I think at one point we had 108 specific answers to prayer. I mean, I mean, very specifically, one lady was there, and she put down in her prayer request, I know I'm off subject, sorry. Uh, uh, she put in her prayer request, uh, pray for an unspoken request. That's what she put down. So we were praying for this lady, her name was uh, Terry, was her first name, for this unspoken request. Two months later, we get a praise report. Praise God, I'm pregnant. The church was praying for me, they didn't even know that that was my prayer request. But I am, and she would tell everyone, she would tell everyone in the Myersdale area, my church prayed for me, and I got my money, you know, so I know that, you know, biologically, that's not quite how it works, but, uh, but you know, but it was, a, it was an answer to prayer. So, so we ought to be able to say thank you. How, how long have you prayed for stuff? I mean, there was, I'm still, I got stuff right now, I'm praying for years. But you know, when the answers come, how many times, how long do I thank God for it? You know, a week, two weeks, maybe? Like, you know, like, wow, Lord, I'm really thankful for that. You know, that, that, we just easy to forget to be thankful. But we ought to be able to say thank you. He listens to our prayers. Thank you for your blessings. Name them. Name them. Go ahead, name them. I mean, you say, well, I never know what to pray. Well, just spend time thanking God for all your blessings. That's a good thing to pray. Or, you know, or you just go over and over. Or you ought to be able to say thanks to others. Uh, there's a little phrase I've heard. I don't use it all the time, but it's, you have been God's great gift to me. Or you have been God's grace to me. Have someone ever told you that? Have you went to someone and said, you know what, you have been God's grace to me. You have really blessed my life. I mean, that's a, that's a short little phrase, but boy, it can make a difference in someone's life. Really, I think you want to cultivate thanksgiving. You need to practice that. You need to be not just thanking God, but you ought to be able to tell others. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. Churches and organizations we are easy to criticize, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're big targets because there's always something that could be improved, right? I mean, Joe could have been here, right? Or we could have had a music stand, or we could have had a list of offerings. I mean, you could always find something we could have done better, right? I mean, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to cast stones, you know? And I, and I get it, we want to do a good job. The attitude of gratitude, but to be grateful, it's out of step with our culture. Uh, our culture is a culture of entitlement, right? I mean, I deserve this. I have this coming. You owe it to me. You know, I know, I know people that even work in the Social Security office, 
and they never get ripped up one side up the other saying, you, you wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for me. You know, I really am. I mean, nobody is grateful. And, and, or we think, I've earned this on my own, by hard work. You know, we don't think about God giving us the opportunities, God giving us the health, all the blessings God has given us so that we could work or have a job, but we often think we have earned it. Or, or we say we don't have time to give thanks. With all of our, you know, time-saving devices, wow, we have no time. Because now we can play games, or we can read the latest news, or we can listen to music, but I mean, we don't have to take time to, to thank God. So spend some time thanking God. Thomas Akempis, 100 years ago, said, Be thankful for the smallest gift, and you will deserve to receive greater gifts. Wow, think about that. Be thankful for the smallest gifts, and you'll be able to receive greater gifts. In my, in my staff, I've, you know, I've got a staff and a couple of pastors, and we get... Uh, Pastor appreciation just came, right? My biggest impact to my staff is to tell them, write thank you cards. Write thank you cards. Don't post them on Facebook. Don't text everyone. Write thank you cards. Let them know that you are thankful for the gift. And so Darlene and I sit down and we write, I don't know how many I wrote, 35 thank you cards. Thank you for this gift of blank and then something meaningful to that person. Uh, and sure, sure, on the negative side, it's kind of cultivating the soil, too. Pastors know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you know, they're going to be more apt to give you another gift later. But, but it's just to show that you got a gift and you appreciate it and you know that you got one. You know, it's amazing that people don't even say thanks. I mean, we, <clears throat> I won't go into that anymore. <laughs> but we need to be grateful people. Second, not only to say specific thanks for, to God and to other people, if you want to cultivate gratitude, gratitude is a posture for life. You can just be a person of gratitude. It says, serve the Lord, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful singing. A glad person, one who is joyful. You know, it calls us to be singing. It's, it's, it's more than directions for worship. This is really talking about uh, teaching us to make gratitude and joy a way of life. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be joyful no matter what's happening. I mean, I mean, I hate to shop. I hate sitting in a car waiting for someone particular. Guys, I won't mention who it is. But I have learned I'm going to do it anyway. So, I mean, I might as well be happy about it. You know, if I have to wait in the car, I can spend that time in prayer. I can spend that time thanking God. I mean, really, literally, I do that. I mean, you ever get frustrated with traffic? You know, you take a moment. Thank God for something. Look at something beautiful. I mean, you can choose to be happy. You can choose to be joyful. You can choose to, to be angry. Sadly, we as Americans, we are trained and encouraged to be critics, aren't we? We're, 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 uh, we uh, evaluate and we protest against our government leaders, right? With churches on every street corner, everyone's church hopping, checking out this other church. If you some Lone Ranger Christian has been burned by the church or you know hurt by the church, and, and it happens, right? What are they? Well, then they end up hopping around, and and what do you do as you hop around? Well, did I like that preacher? Did I like their music? I mean, did I, did, is the service times good? I mean, we, we evaluate everything. We criticize everything. You know, I mean, it, it's so easy to criticize. 
we're humans. The bigger, I think, and, and the holier challenge would be the people of gratitude. Instead of to be picking, and, and I, I do it too. I mean, I'm not always getting to preach. Sometimes I get to sit and listen. And, you know, and, and like, okay, can I get something out of this out of this preaching? Can I get something out of this word? It's easy to say, well, he says, ah, and too many times. Ah, and, and then you don't be tempted to count my mums, because I know I do them too. No, 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 I can't talk because I know what I'm going to say. And, uh, and um, you know, I mean, don't be critical. I mean, you can get fed. You can hear a word from anybody if you're willing to listen. God is able to speak through anybody. How many times have preachers preached and, and someone comes up to you there and said, and twice, did you catch it? And then, uh, <laughs> don't be counting, just be thankful. <laughs> I did show up, you know. Someone will greet you at the door and say, so thankful, you said this word and this, this really ministered to me, this is what you said. And you look at me like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't know. And then, or you hear testimonies later, oh, Pastor Randy said this, and then God changed my life, and I did this. And I'm like, I didn't say to do that. I mean, I don't know what you are. I might have said this, but you heard this. Guess who must have been speaking? The Holy Spirit must have been speaking, not me. Or you're listening. So you can get a word from anybody. So you don't have to always be, you can rejoice. C.S. Lewis, in the, in the book Great Divorce, talks about the distinction between being a grumbler and a grumble. And, and what he is saying is, we all grumble. Probably we do. I'm the most nicest person will learn a way to grumble, okay? But when you grumble, you know you shouldn't be, and it's not you, it's just what you do. But he says you can grumble to the point that you, you can be a grumbler to the point that you become a grumble. And I'll just read his quote because it, it makes his point. He said, hell begins with a grumbling mood, always complaining, always blaming others, but you are still separate from it. You may even criticize it in yourself and wish you could stop. But there may come a day when you can no longer stop. Then there will be no... Uh, be no you left to criticize the mood or even to enjoy it, but just the grumble itself, going on forever like a machine. It's not a question of God sending us to hell. In each of us is something growing, which will be hell unless it is nipped in the bud. So think about that. If you just keep grumbling, if you are always grumbling, eventually it's love will just take over your life and you will just be a grumble. And so I, I want to challenge you and challenge myself that make joy a way of life. Joyce uh, Holiday tells the story of refugee camps in Latin America. I, I got this from Christine Pola, a professor. And she said when they would establish one of these ref refugee camps, they would set up three, three committees. One is the education committee. Two is the construction committee. Three, what do you think the third one is? It was the joy committee. Really? And she said, you can't be serious about the struggle <clears throat> unless you play and celebrate and do things that make it possible to give a lifetime of it. They need to be able to rejoice. They need to find some happiness 
in these refugee camps. Education, construction, and joy. So joy is a choice. Joy is something you can exercise. Uh, you, you think about all these guys that go into the gym and work to get their arms big, their chest big, you know. You can do the same thing with the joy in your life. Exercise the joy. Keep, keep working on that. And finally, thanksgiving and praise to God really is an act of worship. Verse 4a says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We need to be worshipers. We need to be able to worship with joy. July 1987, that's a long time ago, that was my first day in seminary. And, and I, I quickly moved from a thankful, joyful worshiper to a church critic. Two weeks. It took me two weeks. Uh, I mean, my wife and I had been in ministry for seven years. And we packed up everything we owned, stored partly what we owed, and we moved to Kentucky. And I think I got there first week in July, because I was hoping to find work before school started. Uh, first week, I went to Wilmore First Church for Terry Ferris. It was his first Sunday in the pulpit. Wow, that was pretty cool. I went to the early service, which the sanctuary was still like bigger than any sanctuary I'd been in before. Uh, and, uh, and it was awesome. It was awesome. I don't know, the music ministered to me, the message, Terry, he knew my name. Of course, I was new, he was new, he was trying to learn names. Uh, and, and I felt so blessed, so blessed for two weeks. And then after the second week, I began asking questions. Well, did I like the music? Was, was this done right? Did I like the sermon? Did he challenge me enough? And, and I, be, I became a critic. For three years in seminary, I worshiped at that church, and I was a critic. I, that joy that I had this first two weeks, I couldn't find it again. I just, I mean, I was, I don't know, maybe I was busy, I was tired, just in a bad way. I was so relieved to get there and so happy to be in worship. But then it turned in wow, to criticism and, and griping the rest of the time. Hmm. Living into the practice of gratitude as a way of life is a challenge. Uh, pay attention, notice goodness along the way. Beauty and grace all around us. Focus on praise, on testimony, on thanks, and celebrate each new day as a small resurrection. Philippians 4, 4 to 8. And, and I want to challenge you. I, these, I, I've been, last couple series, I've been preaching through books of the Bible. And I've been finding myself coming across verses that I've never seen before. I mean, let, I mean let, I've read the Bible. I, through many, 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 many times. So I know I've read those verses, but they just didn't ever seem to jump out at me. Uh, examples of Ephesians 2, 8, 9, those were my go-to verses when I got, first got saved. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of our family, folks. I completely missed verse 10. Anybody know verse 10? Ephesians 2, 10. For you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for you to do in advance. I, I, I never knew, I mean, I, I knew that verse, but I didn't know it went with those verses. And so I want to challenge you in Philippians 4, everyone knows Philippians 4, 4 to 6. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I said rejoice, let your moderation be known to all men, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious for anything, but everything by prayer and supplication make your request be made to known to God with thanksgiving. And what? The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. You know what the next verse is? No. Because <laughs> we're so used to thinking about the big ones. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, sisters, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, 
commendable. If there's any excellence, any worthy praise, think on these things. I want to challenge us this Thanksgiving and forever to cultivate Thanksgiving. By doing that, think about the good things, praiseworthy things, and give thanks to God. Give thanks to others. Write someone a note. Tell them. Tell them in person that they have been God's grace to you. And, and let's allow the Lord to develop our, our joy and thanksgiving muscles. Not just now, but for all eternity, because we're going to use them the rest of eternity. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, how do you follow that? <coughs> he, he, I know what we're supposed to do, but it's like, uh, oh well. Uh, uh, he said a lot that we all should mean something to. And uh, I'm going to start practicing some of the, maybe many of the things, if I can remember them all that, uh, that uh, Pastor Randy uh, suggested that we should, uh, we should be because the, the, the pastor should be an example to our, our congregations. And uh, uh, I don't know if I, uh, if, I, if I have been because every opportunity, I, when I first came here three years ago, all I did was complain. I've been moved out to the middle of nowhere Nothing happens in Dunlow. The neighbors are probably looking out their windows. Now, what's all the cars doing parked down at the church for? We've never seen that before. Uh, although on Thursday, we have a big day when the trash people come into town. We all gather out and wave our American flags as they drive by. And uh, that's, about, uh, that, that's about it that, that takes place in, uh, in, in Dunlow. No, I didn't say they're trash people. See, you say one thing, they hear another thing. I learned that. I learned that. No, when the trash people come in, we all go out on the streets and wave our American flag because it's a procession through town. Okay? That make it better? I better work on that story there. But I appreciate everything that uh, you said. You're going to be getting a lot of emails and uh, phone messages from me about what did you say about this? What did you say uh, about about that? We have to. No, I can't write anything. I, I have to. Well, that's true. I'm giving you a verbal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have to write a note now because I'd have to get somebody to write it for me. I can sign it because I have a stamp with my name on it. I could do that. That's okay? That's okay? You'll take the verbal one. Thank you. Thank you. I'll even treat you to a cookie downstairs. Okay, oh, that'll be good. Okay, so let's uh, go with a, uh, a, another favorite hymn. What one is it? Three forty-eight. As long as the orchestra knows it. Three forty-eight.
What? 367. Oh, 367. Okay. He touched me. Good, this one only has two verses. <laughs> Good choice.
grateful for this service. I thank you, Randy, for making and finding your way out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> GPS is wonderful, and I'm sure it didn't even work to get you out here. It did. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, it is good. It is good to spend time with each of you in the house of the Lord. What a blessing it is. And um, we got to do that several times today, and I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you have taken the time to come and worship with us today. Although we may be small in numbers, and we're not complaining about that, it is great to be here in the house of the Lord. God bless you all. Bow our heads here. We're going to do a blessing over the food and a benediction, okay? Heavenly Lord, we do give you thanks. We give you thanks for this day. And we just thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. The blessings that sometimes we just don't count, Lord. And forgive us for that. May we be forever grateful to you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Lord, at this time, we are thanking you for this time of worship. We are thanking you for those who have prepared some fellowship time around the table. We thank you for those that bought, those that brought, those that are willing to serve each of us. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would bless this worship service even further as we sit with one another around your table. Lord, may we all go in your grace, in the loving grace of Jesus Christ, the Savior of us all. God bless each and every one of you, and happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. If you're over 50, the best way to go is that way. If you're